Let's listen to this man. He got some good news for you. Hey, everybody. Gather near. The doctor's in the house. So lend him your ear. The things he can say might even make your day. He might even help your pain go away. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Ron here. The doctor is in the house. This is your host, Dr. Ron, host of Dr. Ron, unfiltered, uncensored, in our fifth season with our smart chat on Saturday, and it's generally been concerning COVID. So here we are again. With lots of uh, news this week, and we've had a great holiday. But before we get on with the program, let me let me inform you that this program contains general medical information, and the medical information heard on this program is not advice treated as such. And I'm asking you to confirm any information you hear on this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with decision. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, I welcome you again with an attitude. Gratitude. No, that's one of my favorite sayings. I've been saying it for five years because you know, you know why you keep hearing me say it? Because having an attitude of gratitude makes you happier and healthier and makes us have a more optimistic point of view. And being optimistic has been shown to lower blood pressure and help you get a better night's sleep, increase your longevity. It also helps us bounce back faster from stressful situations. So at this time of the year, this holiday season that we just just started, Thanksgiving, many of us had the opportunity to celebrate it with our loved ones and contemplate what makes life more meaningful and most meaningful. As this year comes to an end, we may pause and appreciate the many blessings and divine opportunities that have been birthed through the challenges of this awful discomfort in 2020. 
with all that's been rearranged in our lives, with all that's been rearranged in our world, what remains? Well, what left your life? What entered your life? What remained the same? Some radical changes. But we had, but I am still left with a deep and profound sense of gratitude. And it's not only for what I have. I am grateful and humbled for what I am able to give. Being grateful for what you have is important. Being grateful for what you can give is profound. I can give you my intentions, my prayers, my focus, my presence. And we can call a friend and listen to what they have to say. You can clean out your closet gift which you don't need anymore. And you walk on the beach or walk outside in the park. You can meditate. Think about people that may need you. This is what we have to look forward to. Not only being grateful for Thanksgiving time, but being grateful this whole time. So, what do you think, ladies and gentlemen? Has this been a, a crazy, crazy season? I want to start out by reminding you of what I said last week. Ships don't sink because of the water around them. Ships sink because of the water get, that gets inside of them. So why do I say that? Because I don't want you to let what's happening around you get inside of you and weigh you down. Turn off the TV. There's an agenda there. And the agenda is not to make you feel good. The agenda is to keep you in fear and to manipulate you. The only thing mutating out there is not the virus. It's the psychological operation. And the media-fueled BS. And the only thing you have to fear is your susceptibility to their lies. And you must not lose confidence in your body's innate resilience. I don't want you to give up on anyone or anything. But if you believe you're going to be killed by fresh air, sunlight, and hugs, well, we might have to move on and forward without you. I told you last week about the cases. We'll talk a little bit more about what John Hopkins had to say about that yesterday. So I want you to be a super spreader. Oh yeah, you heard me right. But I want you to be a super spreader of love, light, truth, and gratitude. And put this in perspective, 8 million people have died in 2020 because they're starving to death and they're mainly kids. Wouldn't it be a good idea to focus our energy and our resources and our money on making a vaccine of unknown efficacy when the chances of saving those children by feeding them is 100%? 100% chance of saving those kids. 
so much to talk about. All right, so where do we start? Something from the Children Health Defense Team. This is a great website, ladies and gentlemen, Children's Health Defense Team. The latest news from Pfizer and Moderna on how preliminary analysis shows their vaccines are more than 90% effective. And that is not science, it's public relations. The media is reporting that people with developmental disabilities will be among those first in line to get these experimental COVID vaccines. Well, you don't target the most vulnerable people, including those who can't exercise informed consent with experimental medical products. AstraZeneca's COVID vaccine, still in the trial phase, has ingredients we know are correlated with brain injury. Talked to you about that last week. And I applaud the people in Denmark who took to the streets and won, fighting back against mandatory vaccinations. Please remember what I've been talking about the past couple of Saturdays. The COVID test, the PCR test, can be manipulated to be positive or negative, depending on how many times the sample is amplified. Let's talk a little bit about John Hopkins. There was a senior lecturer analysis that was reported yesterday. And this, this analysis concluded that the coronavirus had no overall effect on the total number of deaths in the United States. Genevieve, Genevieve Brian is a longtime professor of economics and statistics, argued that the virus is deadly primarily to older people with multiple underlying conditions who were already near death, meaning it did not affect the overall death count. John Hopkins, who received most of his funding from the Gates Foundation, retracted this article. Because they said it's, it's misinformation. Really? This report featured Brian's webinar of November 11th, which was titled COVID-19 Deaths, a look at U.S. data, which was hosted by the university's Krager School of Arts and Sciences, where she, she is an assistant program director of applied economics. She teaches microeconomic theory, statistics, and econometrics, econometrics. She said the CDC, remember the CDC is a private corporation, it's not a government organization. CDC data showed there were 1.7 million total deaths in the United States between mid-March and mid-December, of which 200,000 
are COVID-19 related. She examined the total deaths in each age group and the cause of death in her analysis. Quote, surprisingly, the deaths of older people stayed the same before and after COVID-19. Last year and this year, the deaths of older people were the same. Quote, since COVID-19 mainly affects the elderly, experts expected an increase in the percentage of deaths in older age groups. But no such increase was seen in the CDC data. These data analysis suggests that in contrast to most people's assumptions, the number of deaths by COVID-19 is not alarming. In fact, it has relatively no effect on the total deaths in the United States. Hear what I'm saying? If this pandemic was so bad, how come we don't have an increase in the death rate this year? And remember, John Hopkins did retract this article. He said that I guess it was too political. It has something to do with political correctness. They did a, a, a acknowledge that this analysis was within the scope of her expertise as a statistician. She has a great resume. She got her PhD from Washington State University. So you must know that this retraction has sparked a lot of controversy. And remember, the CDC still says that 6% of the people counted as COVID-19 deaths died of COVID-19 alone. Those who died of coronavirus, according to the CDC, had an average of 2.6 comorbidities, meaning more than two chronic diseases along with the COVID-19. Just to make you feel good about it, the CDC estimates a 99.997% survival rate from birth to 19. 99.98% survival rate from 20 to 49, 99.5% for 50 to 69, and 94.6% for those over 70. So, like I said this week, the total death rate probably is, is not higher, I mean, uh, unless it's been massaged by uh, one of uh, the Gates Foundation's uh, IREs. This woman, this Dr. Brian, found in her analysis that there were not, that there naturally was a sudden increase in deaths early in 2020 compared to the previous year. But she also noticed that a there was a significant decrease in deaths due to heart disease and other causes. And she believes that the deaths due to heart disease, respiratory disease, influenza, pneumonia, 
may instead have been recategorized as being due to COVID-19. Remember, John Hopkins goes by the CDC classification that all deaths that are related to COVID are simply COVID-19 deaths. In other words, if you fall out of a 20-story building and die and you test positive for COVID, you're a COVID death. If you died of a heart attack or cancer and you tested positive for COVID, you're tested as a COVID, you're, you're tested as a COVID. So no wonder they're going up, but other categories are going down. So what's the point of this? It points that there is no evidence that COVID-19 created any excess deaths. The total death numbers are not above normal death numbers. Just want to put yourself at ease a little bit. We're going, we're going through such a heck of a pandemic, you would expect millions of excess deaths, but we're not seeing that. We are not seeing that. And that's, she isn't the first one to point that out. She is not the first one. So what popped up on my screen? A quote from Cicero, who says that gratitude is not only the greatest of virtues, but the parent of all others. So an attitude of gratitude, always. All right, let's talk a little bit about the vaccines. Huh? That's got everybody's attention now. And remember, these are press releases. There has not been a peer-reviewed study on these vaccines as yet, and yet we know that these some of these vaccines have aborted fetal cells. As I said last week, they have polyethylene PEG, which a lot of people are allergic to anyway, and they, they have nanoparticles that have to be refrigerated to minus 70 degrees. And professors, even I still have an article by professors from Yale are demanding transparency on these vaccine trials. Fever, sweats, migraines, muscle aches that last for days are some of the symptoms reported by various phase three trial participants, from Pfizer, Moderna, and others. The AstraZeneca vaccine, which is, little, which is a little bit different and uses more traditional adenovirus vectors, seem to produce some less side effects. But again, these are not peer-reviewed. Again, we need transparency about the potential side effects of this vaccination. Remember, this vaccine is going to change your DNA. And what happens six months or a year from now, some physicians and some top physicians are concerned that we develop autoimmunity. 
So there's they, Dr. Fryhofer expressed her concerns this past Monday, and she said, we really need to make patients aware that this vaccine is not going to be a walk in the park. They're going to know they've had a vaccine. They're probably not going to feel wonderful. And then what? They got to come back for a second dose? And according to the protocol, that second dose is really important. If indeed it doesn't kill you. And what, what is the kicker? There's a real kicker here and that you may have to get this vaccine every three to four months. About that. So one woman in the Moderna study said, hey, the first dose was no big deal, but that second dose will definitely put you down for a day for sure. You'll need to take some time off from work after that second dose. You see what I'm getting at, ladies and gentlemen? You do not know everything about this vaccine. Right? And what did that what are they failing to tell us? Telling us it's 90% effective. Where's the beef? Where's the the, the backup? Where's the literature? Where's the graphs? And you know what? These vaccines are effective at preventing some mild symptoms of the flu, of COVID. They do not kill the virus. They do not kill the virus. And we don't know if they inhibit the spread of the virus. We have no information about hospitalizations or deaths. You just know some odds ratios. So do not know because there is no evidence as yet that the vaccine prevents hospitalizations and any deaths. They define severe disease. They, they say some in the control group has severe disease, but it's not defined. need to know how many people you have to vaccinate to prevent one hospitalization or one death. We do not know that. They estimate the number to treat from the Moderna trial to prevent one case would be 15,000 vaccinations. Or they stated it another way, 167 vaccinations per case. Let's just go through that again. An estimate of the number to treat from the Moderna trial to prevent a single case, 15,000 vaccinations. To prevent 90 cases. Another way would be 
have to have 167 vaccinations to prevent one case. And again, as I said, we don't know how long this protection will be a benefit. It appears the antibody response is short-lived. And some people are saying it may require two shots every three to six months to be protective. And guess what? The more shots you have to get, what happens? You have greater risk of side effects, right? You have greater side effects to be sensitized to the vaccine. And remember, there is absolutely zero liability for the drug companies. The United States taxpayer bears all responsibility for any lawsuits. I've asked a lot of people, I don't know anybody that's volunteering to be the first one to get these uh, shots. I'm not anti-vaccination, and I hope these vaccines are protective from, from COVID-19. And I hope they're safe. But if they are effective and safe, that's fine. But let's have the beef. Let's have the numbers. We have to pay attention to what they leave out, not only what they tell us. So, Remember that saying, caveat emptor, at the buyer. Okay, one more thing here. And zero hits. Now, we don't have to go through this because I just about explained all this about you know, hospitalizations. Yes, just, just was never exposed, never, never don't know. All we know is what the police department uh, spewed out to all the networks. So we're asking that the CDC warn people about the side effects of this vaccine. Because as some have been saying, it's not going to be a walk in the park. have to know how costly this is. So do we need two doses to start out and then two doses every three or four months? We should know this once we start down that path of vaccination. Well, I got to get, get a note that some of my listeners are home and cozy and warm. It is warm down here in the southwest Florida. It's like we're having a cold squall for the next we're, we're, we're doing good down here, as far as the weather goes. All right, so I told you that there's not going to be a walk in the park. Where what's going on? Really important. We have to be careful that we're not mandated to take this vaccine too. Completely safe because as of now, it's still experimental. And this virus is evolving. So if you get the vaccine and you're, you know, this virus changes, 
Now they have to have it, you have to have another vaccination. Then there you're going to be, can you develop a resistance to a vaccine? It's not unheard of. Researchers call it a viral escape. So there's a lot we don't know in this warp speed agenda. I'm concerned, this host is concerned about autoimmune responses three, six months or a year later. Maybe your body won't recognize this changed DNA and start attacking it like a rheumatoid arthritis, Crohn's disease, multiple sclerosis. This host may take a chance with getting the, the, the flu, the COVID-19, yeah, because death rate is almost nothing now, except if you're really, really sick, have uh, interventions. So we need to have information. And if indeed we are reaching herd immunity at a quicker rate than the public health employees like Fauci and all say, there may not, there may be no need for this vaccine. Again, I'm gonna come back and tell you, we do not know the long-term health impacts. So that's where we are, ladies and gentlemen. And if you truly believe that masks and vaccines work, please wear one, please get injected and enjoy your protection. If you don't believe that masks and vaccines work, why would you need me to do the same? If you believe they work, wear your mask and inject yourself. Then you do not need me to do the same, right? Because you're protected. You don't have to worry about me. Did I make my point? So if you, if the government and the public relations people want people not to be vaccine skeptic, my advice is please be 100% transparent. Please be 100% transparent. All right, ladies and gentlemen, with Dr. Ron, a little bit of, uh, COVID talk on this Saturday. Play now for weeks, months. Remember, need a superior interior. What does that mean? You have to keep your gut and immune system happy and healthy. Your vaccination will occur from the inside. So. And too much sugar in your diet, please. Eat a wide variety of colors of fruit and vegetables. 
drink lots of good filtered water. You have a uh, colloidal silver, take that every day. By the way, I had a, an email from a woman that mixed colloidal silver with aloe vera. Put a cup of each into an aloe vera gel. And she said she had the worst fungus of her feet. After two weeks, it all went away. Now she's been using it as an underarm deodorant. Might be worth a try. Can't hurt you, I don't think. I've been using colloidal silver now for three years. Travel with it. Spray it on countertops. Um, I want to give that a consideration. All right, let's just make sure I have a good week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dr. Ron, host of Dr. Ron Unfiltered Uncensored. Your weekly, your weekly COVID. All right, this coming Tuesday, we're going to talk about artificial sweeteners, artificial sweeteners. Good, bad, what? Uh, we, we've done this before, but it's been a couple of years. So we'll talk about artificial speakers. Please have an attitude of gratitude. Be positive. Remember, people are dying, but sorry to say they may have died anyway. Don't give up on fresh air. You can't sanitize and mask your way to help. It's an inside job. You have to have a superior And these mass mandates, I must leave you with this. They are there to divide us. They are there to divide us. So the unmasked are to blame for this. Well, it was really the Chinese communists. The unmasked have nothing to do with it. The unmasked are not the enemy. The unmasked are not selfish. And those of you familiar with World War II know that the Nazis used these same tactics. This virus is one one thousandth diameter of a hair shaft. If you think that any mask is going to do any good, well, well there's bridges for sale. There has not been a randomized, clinically controlled study that shows masks can do anything to this virus. In fact, it was brought to my attention again today that the surgical mask on the outside Say this is not for viral control. The ones that the surgeons use in the operating room. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, my last word: socialization is is so important, and it boosts your immunity. You know, we're not seeing facial expressions. We get all, all these kids are masks. That's important for human connection. And I, there's more bacteria and viruses in our system than there is human DNA cells. So, what can I say? This has been a, a hoax. Virus is real, but they haven't treated it to control us. I'm not happy about that. 
So with that being said, I thought Dr. Jerry would uh, join us today, but he got busy. So we are gone and we'll see you Tuesday and we'll be talking about artificial speakers. Hey everybody, Dr. Ron's finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. If it's all about good health, he's the man you got to see. He has a lot more answers for you. So tune in next week when the doctor is in the house. Or when the doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. So if you have a pain, call the doctor. If you have a strain, call the doctor. Let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. See you next week.